Well, hello, church. It is so great um, to be here with you today. Even though it's online, um, it's still so great to have you joining us. Hey, for the last four weeks or so now, we have been journeying through the book of John um, together as a church family. And this hasn't just been on Sundays um, through our Sunday messages, but also throughout the week um, with with our reading plan of John the Gospel. Um, Now, last Sunday, Ange encouraged us to take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. And this morning, as we continue our way through the Gospel of John, um, we're going to do so by looking at the victory that Jesus has over the darkness. And as we do that this morning, um, I just want to make note that it is school holidays, so there's no Yorkie kids happening. So kids, if you're watching, hello, welcome to holidays. Um, But even though we don't have Yorkie kids this morning, we do have something for the kids. And hey, adults, why not participate as well? Um, Throughout today's message, you will see this image pop up or that image. I think it's down there somewhere of the light bulb. Um, So they are scattered throughout the slides of today's message. And it's your job to count how many there are. Um, You can let us know on the church Facebook page later how many you found. Um, So good luck with that. Hopefully you're paying attention and you can catch them all. So a couple of years ago now, um, I was really lucky and I got to go to Port Douglas Um, for the summer holidays, like just after Christmas, New Year's. Um, So beautiful summertime. It's wet season up there, I'm pretty sure. So it rained a lot. Um, But I don't know if you've ever been to tropical North Queensland. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, Before I went, at least that's what the pictures on Facebook and internet as I Googled where I was going. It's what my brother who had been there had said. It was just a really pretty place. And I was so excited to be going there to see the blue skies, the blue ocean, the sand, the tropical beaches, the trees, coconut trees. I love coconut. Um, So I was really excited to be going to this beautiful place. And so finally the day came and we flew from Melbourne to Cairns um, by airplane. And then from Cairns, we still had to get to Port Douglas. And the way we did this was via a minibus. Now, I will remember this minibus ride for a number of reasons. The first one is that it was absolutely terrifying. The road from Cairns to Port Douglas is a little bit like the Great Ocean Road. And for most of it, you're winding around like right next to the ocean. Um, And this bus driver had obviously done it hundreds, thousands of times even. He knew the road like the back of his hand and so he was just going for it. He was flying and it was absolutely terrifying and I was convinced we were going to crash. But that has nothing to do with today's message. (laughs) The other reason I will always remember this mini bus trip is because it was the very first time I got to see what tropical North Queensland looked like for myself. As we were driving along and I was looking out the windows of this mini bus, I was looking at the sky and the ocean and the sand and the trees, but it didn't actually look like what I pictured it to be. It didn't look like the photos that I'd seen on the internet because to me, it looked like the water was like murky and it wasn't a crystal blue color. It was like gray and dark. The sky looked gloomy. The trees looked like really dark. It was just not what I had imagined. Now this minibus, as it was going along towards Port Douglas, 
it would stop off at different spots to let the other people on the bus off at their hotels. And so we pulled up to the, this one hotel, it was our first stop, and the doors to the minibus opened, and as they did, all of this light was led into the bus. And I was like, wow, it looks so much lighter outside than it, like what I'm seeing right now. And so the next time the minibus stopped, I leant forward and I actually tried to look out the window to see like what was going on. And so as I looked out, I saw the beach without the window in front of me. I saw it clear and the sky was actually blue. The beach, like the ocean water was that crystal blue color. Um, The trees were light and green and it was sunny and it was so beautiful. And so what I realized was that the windows of the minibus were actually really heavily tinted. Um, See, tint, like you tint windows to help prevent the sunlight from coming in. And because these ones were so heavily tinted, as I looked out through the tint, it affected the way I saw the outside environment. It made everything outside look dark and gloomy um, because of this tint. And so I learned that light changes the way we see things. I'm sure you have all experienced this for yourself. Maybe you've woken up in the middle of the night and it's dark in your room, but in the corner, you can kind of see something. It almost looks like a person um, or an object there, but you turn on your light and you find it's actually just a pile of clothes. Or if you like camping, have you ever been looking for something in the dark um, when you're out camping and you're convinced it's just not there, but as soon as you turn on the flashlight, it's actually right in front of you? Um, Or have you ever been blindfolded? Maybe you've been blindfolded and like when you put a blindfold on and you can't see, all of a sudden you feel like something's always going to be like right in front of you. Um, But when you take your blindfold off, there's actually absolutely nothing around you. I do that one all the time. I do not like being blindfolded. But if you've experienced any of these things, then you also know that light changes the way we see. See, you will also know that light is known as the opposite of darkness. You know, any movie you watch, any book you read, there's always this light is good, dark is bad, and they're the opposite of each other. Throughout the book of John that we've been reading together, the author uses this well-known contrast between light and darkness to demonstrate the process of coming to believe in Jesus. The contrast is first introduced to us in the first few verses of the book of John. John 1 verse 4 to 5 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, the darkness has not overcome it. Now, I am not Greek, just so you all know, I'm not Greek. Um, I've never learnt Greek, so... If I get the pronunciation of this word wrong, please forgive me. And hey, if you know how to say it, let me know later. Um, But the word used for darkness in this passage of John and actually throughout John, most of the time when light is referred to, the Greek word that was originally used is skotia. Now, skotia refers to a moral or spiritual darkness. And it's used metaphorically in John to represent the ignorance of divine things and a life without God. And then in contrast to this darkness is light. It's almost as if light and dark on a spectrum. At one end, you have darkness. 
The person who walks in darkness has no belief in Christ and has no relationship with God. In fact, they may even be ignorant to the idea of God. On the other end of the spectrum is light. The person who walks in the light has a full belief in Jesus Christ. They believe he is the son of God and they have a personal relationship with him. And each one of us sit somewhere on this spectrum. Some of you watching this may believe there is a God, but you've not yet been introduced to Jesus. Some of you may have been in a relationship with Jesus, but maybe you drifted away when life got hard or times got tough. Others of you watching this may very well be living in the light. You may have a relationship with Jesus and walk with him every day. No matter what your relationship with Jesus is like today, the light of Christ is available to you. No matter what situation, circumstance, or even stage of life you find yourself in this morning, right now, the light of Christ can bring hope, truth, and life to it. See, one of the key concepts behind the idea of the contrast of the light and dark is that where there is light, there can be no darkness. If God is light, then in him there is no darkness at all. In him, nothing is hidden. And so in the presence of God, there's no shadow you can hide in and no lie you can hide behind. In the light and truth of God, everything is exposed. And even though this exposure is not something that we should be afraid of, it seems so often as humans, we are. See, one of the first things I think of when I think of darkness is hidden things. Now, whether you're an adult, adult or a child, I'm sure you can all recall a time when you've played hide and seek with your friends. And for me, when I would, used to play it, even though I didn't really like hiding in dark spots, I knew that the dark spots would keep me really well hidden. And if I hid there, my friends were much less likely to find me. See, sometimes dark places seem like good places to hide, so we don't get found. Now, we are not the first generation of people to hide in the dark, especially when it comes to much more life-changing things than a game of hide and seek. In John 3, 19, we read, The light has come into the world, and the people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. As humans, I think we are called out in John 3.19 as loving the darkness over the light. Because we have sin, and so often, it seems we prefer to stay in the darkness where we feel as though we are hidden, than come into the light of Christ and have our sins forgiven. As people, we are so scared of being exposed. And I think this comes from a fear of feeling shame and guilt. So we'd rather stay in the darkness. However, as we read scripture and as we lean into God's word, as we learn more about who he is, we see that when we stay in the darkness, we're not actually avoiding feelings of shame and guilt. We're actually missing out on experiencing the love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness of Christ. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. 
Jesus' purpose is not to condemn you. His purpose and his desire is to take away your sins, to keep you from sin and save you. But being afraid of guilt and shame, I don't think they're the only reasons we choose to stay in the darkness. See, like physical darkness, spiritual darkness can be deceptive. It can change the way we see things so much so that sometimes I don't actually think we always realise when we're living in the darkness. You know when you first turn your light off and you try to find your way back to your bed, but when you first switch the light off, it's completely black and you're trying to like fumble your way to your bed. Um, But once you're in bed and you're laying there, after a couple of minutes or so, your eyes actually start to adjust to the darkness. Granted, you can't see as well as maybe you could when the light was on, but now you can make out the shape of your room. You might see the end of your bed or even be able to identify a desk in the corner of your room. And this is because our eyes adjust to the darkness. I always got told to eat carrots, they'll help you see in the dark. And boy, I ate so many carrots because I wanted to be able to see in the dark. And sometimes you don't actually realise just how dark a room you're in until the light switched on and you see it again. And I think that this is true for our spiritual lives. See, sometimes we've been living a life far from God for such a long time. It feels normal and we can no longer see that the things we say and the things we do are not pleasing to God. Darkness can also be deceptive because sometimes what we see in the dark looks different in the light. Now, I don't know why I'm smiling. This story actually still freaks me out today. But I remember this one time when I was little and I went to sleep with my hair tied up in a ponytail and I woke up in the middle of the night and my hair tie had fallen out. Now, have you ever like woken up in the night and you're really tired? So to avoid like waking up completely, you keep the light, you keep the light off or you keep it dull? Well, I wanted to go back to sleep and I didn't want to turn my light on at first. So I started feeling my way around the dark, trying to look for my hair tie. I eventually gave up looking in my bed. And so I went to get out of bed and look on the ground. But as I did, I saw my hair tie. It was right there um, on the ground beside my bed. It was just what I was looking for. So I leant down to just reach it and pick it up. But as I literally got to like this close to picking it up when it moved... My hair tie moved and it ran under my bed and I jumped out because if you're like me, you know that hair ties aren't supposed to move and I ran over to my light and I turned on the light switch. It was a spider. I almost picked up a spider because what I thought was my hair tie in the dark turned out to be a spider in the light. Terrifying, I know. Darkness can be deceptive. And sometimes in the darkness, things are not what they seem. When you're living in the darkness, something may look good. It might look like it will bring you life and joy. It may look pleasing or desirable. But that's because it's in the dark. And sometimes you won't see what it really is until you look at it through the light of Christ. When you bring every aspect of your life into God's light, you can see things for what they really are. You know, maybe that relationship that you're in, maybe it's not so healthy. 
Maybe that thought that you've been having is actually ungodly. Maybe that job you've gotten, maybe it feels your own desire, but you're actually not letting God work through it. Or maybe that new friendship is actually distracting you from your relationship with Jesus instead of strengthening it. When you bring every part of your life before God, you can see your life in His light and you come to see it the way God sees it. Again, this light is not to be feared. This light helps you see what areas of your life need improvement, what areas you need to give over or maybe give back to God. As you draw closer to God and begin to see your life the way He sees it, your life begins to be transformed. And this is possible because not only did Jesus come to shed some kind of light on darkness, Jesus himself is the light and he came to conquer the darkness. Jesus says in John, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we see the fullness of Jesus as the light of the world through his death and resurrection. John 15, 13 to 15 says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You are no longer slaves to sin, but friends of Jesus. And today, Jesus says to us, he says, I died for you. I took on your sins. I was separated from God and I experienced full darkness for you. Jesus, however, did not stay separated from God and he did not remain in the darkness. If you've been reading through John with us, you would have heard Jesus say throughout John, John um, at different points, you know, I am the light of the world, like we just read. He also said, he is the way, the truth and the life. But even though Jesus had been telling people these things, that he was the light, no one could fully understand or comprehend exactly what it meant. And it's not until three days after his death that we begin to see the fullness of who Jesus was and is today. If you've been following along with our John reading plan, you'll know today's reading is from John 20, verse 1 to 9. And in this reading, we see Mary, Simon Peter, and the disciple who Jesus loved. And they come to Jesus' tomb only to find it's empty. Now, as any human logically thinking, the conclusion must be that, you know, the grave has been robbed. Somebody has taken Jesus. They don't know who, they don't know where he is. And these are the thoughts that they're thinking. This is the road that they go down. However, looking back on it now, we can see that Jesus is not to be found in his tomb, not because it had been robbed, but because he had risen. Through his death, Jesus conquered worldly desire by choosing to save himself on the cross, not choosing to save himself on the cross. Through his resurrection, he has conquered death and sin and he has victory over the darkness. 
Jesus himself is the light that shines in darkness. Jesus himself is victorious over all kinds of darkness, from sin to grief, death, lies, hurt, hate. He has overcome them all. He has conquered it. He has destroyed it. And he stands victorious. Colossians 1.13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. If you believe in Jesus, if you believe he truly is the Son of God who died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and rose again three days later, later, then today you live in his light. You have been adopted as his sons and his daughters. He sees your sins. He has forgiven you for your sins and he has given you all you need to continue your walk with him. You have his word to help light your path as you live your day-to-day life. You have his spirit to guide you and help you see what is truly good in his eyes. As you walk with God in spirit and in truth, you will learn to live according to his will and his desires will become your desires. Now, I want to make it clear here that believing in God and following Jesus, not even living in the light, makes our life trouble-free. And this is what Anne reminded of us last week. But when we step into the light, we are made forgiven, even if not quite perfect yet. While Jesus has saved us, we are still human. We still make mistakes and we still mess up. 1 John 1, 8-9 says, If we claim to be out without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. We are all humans and as humans, we are all sinners. But in the light of Christ, our sins are exposed and they're fully forgiven. Let us then continue to walk in the light of Christ in our day-to-day lives. In his light, we'll learn to identify our temptations, prepare for them, battle them and overcome them. In his light, we'll see his will and our desires will come to line with his and we'll begin to become more like him. Living in the light of Jesus changes how things look. While we still face difficult situations, hardships, broken friendships, broken relationships, temptations, grief, the lies of the world, and even world pandemics. As believers in Christ, we face them with the light of Christ. And we can rest assured knowing that no matter what dark place, what situation, what circumstance we find ourselves in, Jesus, the light of the world, has victory over all of them. But not everyone has this light. Not yet. See, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, and I certainly hadn't until this week. But when you go outside at night, even though it's dark, it's not completely dark, because we have the light of the moon. 
Now, the moon itself has no light. I know, right? How does that make sense? When we go out at night, we can see it. It looks so bright in the sky, but it itself has no light. The moon only looks bright to us because it reflects the sun's light. This is what we are to do for Christ. Matthew 5:16 says, "Let Jesus shine before sorry, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." We know Jesus is the light, the light of the world who has defeated darkness, and we are called to bear witness to him and to shine his light to those around us. But what does that look like? What does it look like to shine Christ's light to those around us? Well, it's to share the hope of Jesus with those who are feeling hopeless. It's encouraging those who are feeling discouraged. It's to love those who do not feel loved. It's feeding the hungry, praying for healing and strength. It's speaking truth where lies have been told. It is to do everything and anything as though we are doing it for Christ himself. It is our job to share the good news of Jesus to those still living in the dark. It is our job to reflect Christ's light. So this week, let's be people who choose to run to the life, truth and light of Christ. Let's be people who draw close to God and in doing so, become people who reflect His light to those around us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for giving us your word and the truth of that word, God, and that we can know that when we come to you, there's, there's no hidden agenda there's no small or fine print, God, but when we come to you, everything is out in the light. God, you see our sins and yet you still love us. You see our sins and yet you forgive us. And I thank you that when we come to you, as we walk beside you and use your word to know you deeper, that we begin to become more like you. I pray this week that we'll find time to um, put into our relationship with you, God, so that as we go out into the world, we can shine your light. I pray that you um, will go with us this week. I pray that you will give us the opportunities. I pray that you will help us to see the dark so that we can shine your light in it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.